Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Manto Valade, Karamanto Levende Bregadila Dashka Tavala, Jinkron de Beradeshka. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we bless you. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you for this morning, eternal and everlasting God. We thank you for the things that you are set to do. Indeed, you are the God that is able. You are the God that keeps us. You are the God that keeps coming after us. You are the God upon whom um, we stand. You are the God that consistently makes a way for us in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of shame, in the midst of fear, in the midst of pain. You are the God that keeps coming after us. You come after us, O oh God, as a door of opportunity. You come after us, O oh God, as a door of strength. You come after us, O oh God, as a door of possibility. Father, you consistently make a way for us. Lord, we are grateful Lord, we are thankful. We bless you for this morning. Oh, we thank you for all the things that you are set to do today. We thank you for all the things that you have established in the lives of your people. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for consistently coming after us in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I just bless you and I thank you, Lord, for feel um Chavez father I thank you because um he, he um feel declares that Lorraine is healed of memory loss hearing loss all the health problems are restored with excellent health in the name of Jesus Lord we just partner with your child and we declare that in the name of Jesus let it be so let it be done oh God um, concerning the life of Lorraine oh God it is done in Jesus name father we just thank you for healing 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 absolute restoration over the life of Lorraine, Father, has declared her in the name of Jesus. And to everyone else, oh God, that is declaring healing over themselves. Father, we partner with them this morning and we declare that in the name of Jesus, it is done, it is so, it is established. Everyone that comes under this platform, everyone that is believing God, everyone that is trusting God for healing and for restoration. Father, we thank you because it is so. Father, we thank you because it is done. Father, we thank you because it is established in the name of Jesus. We thank you because a door of healing and a door of restoration is opened unto your people this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we bless you in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Um, you're all welcome to this morning's um, prayer ring session. You're welcome to all that God has got for us. You're welcome to all that God is. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for um, all that you're doing. And 
Um, when we know that even this day that the Spirit of God um, is going to move mightily. Um, yesterday, we began talking about the great and effectual door um, that God has opened unto us. We began by talking about um, what, what the door means and you know, what kind of door we're speaking about and what it means for the Lord to, to open a door in the midst of us. Um, what it means for the Lord to open a door um, in the midst of us. And we were looking at um, different places and different um, parts of the Bible and what, what it meant for doors to be open. I was sharing with you. Um, I was sharing with you all that the, the doors were mentioned 180 times in the Bible. And I was saying that there are different kinds of doors, um, just the same way that we have doors in the physical. That's how we have doors in the spirit realm. And I was saying that we need doors to be able to move from one place to the other. We need doors to be able to enter from one place to the other. We need doors to be able to make transitions in the realm of the spirit and how in seasons God the Lord opens doors for us so that it becomes easy for us to access the things that God has already prepared for us. The Bible says that God has made, um, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And if this be the case, the question is, how do we access the spiritual blessings that God has already prepared for us in heavenly places? How do we become partakers of the spiritual blessings that the Lord has already designated for us in heavenly places? That means there are doors that God will have to open for us in heavenly places so that there will be an unveiling of the blessings consistently. And it is one thing to know that these things are available, but it's another thing to be able to access them. And it's another thing to be able to maximize what you access. So you need to know that these different realms and these different places and these different blessings are available. You also need to know how to access them. And I found out that that's the biggest problem that many of us have as believers, access. And access is not just, oh, here is the door, walk in it. But access is understanding by what scripture do you activate. By, by the time we get into tomorrow, we'll begin to look at the, the, the keys to the kingdom. You know, we'll make an introduction to that, but we'll look at the keys. Why did Jesus call it keys? Because keys open doors, keys open gates, keys give access. You know, so there are many keys in the kingdom. There are many keys in the kingdom, you know, so it's like God say, I have blessed you with the whole of this house. And then you're like, oh, wow, I have this house. And you keep declaring, I have this house. I have this house. But the question is, how do you access the house? How do you access the rules in the house? How do you access um, the spaces in the house? That is usually the biggest problem we have as believers. And I was saying to you guys yesterday that it is impossible to access the things that God has given to us without coming into a good knowledge of the word of the Lord. That's why when we have prayer meetings, I don't just throw prayer points out there. I take the time to teach, excuse me, because without the teaching of the word, people do not come into knowledge. People do not come into revelation. And without revelation, it is impossible to access the blessings and the power and the glory of God. So um, we will then look at the keys to the kingdom um, later. Um, but it is important to know that we need keys for access. And then when we access 
Do we know what we have accessed? Do we know how to maximize what we have accessed? What are the rules of engagement in this, in this level, you know, in the spirit realm? What are the rules of engagement in this area that you have come into? Maybe God opens onto you the door of wealth and you enter into the wealth space. The question is, do you understand wealth management? Do you understand wealth multiplication? Um, do you understand wealth um, 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 increase? Do you understand the systems of wealth do we understand all of these things these are very very important and um crucial points to note when we come into levels um in god um and then yesterday i began to share about the 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 gates in the garden of eden i began to share about you know what it means for the lord to the first gates that we saw in scripture and what that looked like, you know, and how the Lord placed cherubims. And it was a case of, you know, for you to enter back into this level of relationship with the Lord, you have to go through the cutting and the burning of the sword. And I said to you, the sword is the word of God. But I also explained to you that um, the, the sword is also Jesus. Jesus is the word. And, you know, we see the two cherubims or the cherubs, you know, that are um, placed over the, the the sword to guard it, you know, to make sure that, you know, for people to enter back into Eden, they go through the sword. And so that was the responsibility of cherubims. And I have said to you that when you take that back into the Ark of Covenant and you see the covering cherubs, they are covering the mercy seat. And Jesus is the one that sits upon the mercy seat. So when you see the covering of the cherubs, you know, you're talking about Jesus, the lamb upon the throne. And so you see that depicted in Genesis as the word. So even from that, uh, as the sword, even from that very beginning, the Spirit of God began to already show to us as believers that the only way back into the Eden relationship with the Lord is that we go through the Word. We go through um, what the Bible describes as the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword, you know, piercing even to the dividing asunder, soul or spirit, joints and marrow, you know, um, able to descend the thoughts and intentions in the heart of men. So you have to go through the Word, pruning and refining your thoughts, your intentions, your heart. You you know, the word doing its work inside of you before you can enter back into that place. Otherwise, any other way we try to enter into that same relationship outside of the sword, outside of the word is bound to bruise us. Any other way we try to enter is a counter way. Jesus began to say, hey, you know, I, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd comes in through the door, but a thief comes in through the window, comes in through or any other way. So the truth is we want to go in through the way of the good shepherd. Heard. any other way we try to access eating any other way we try to access the flow the life the wealth the glory the power that resides within in it any other way is bound to break us is the way of the thief and so part of the thing that satan does is to perverse and pervert the knowledge on how to enter into god on how to enter through he, he tell, tries to tell people there are many other ways there are many other options but the truth is with god there are not many other options jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh unto the Father except through me. So if people tell you, oh, I am accessing some kind of energy, I am accessing some kind of glory, I'm accessing some kind of, you know, um, power or the Father, the question is, which Father are they accessing? Which God are they accessing? Because Jesus has made it categorically clear that if you are not coming through him, it is not the Father you are accessing. 
So Satan already knows this, and Satan already knows that in the hearts of many people, there is the desire to want to, you know, go through a shortcut or go through another way to not want to pay the price of the cutting and the piercing and the pruning and the demand of the word. So what Satan then does is that he opens other options and says to you, you know what? See, Christianity is not this hard. Accessing God is not this hard. You know, coming into the presence and engaging in the fullness is not this hard. You know, you don't even need to pray that much. You don't need to worship. You don't need to, you know, um, give. You don't need to, um, you know, um, strain yourself. You don't need consecration. You don't need any of these things. You can go to the club and yet access God in the midst of the club. You can go to, he begins to tell us there are many options outside of the cutting and the burning of the sword. So that is a deceit of Satan in itself. So if we're going to be able to access, because Jesus is the main door, he is the door. Jesus says, I am the way. So there is something about saying, he didn't say, I am a way. He says, I am the way. So there is definitely only one way to reach um, God, and it is through Jesus. Outside of Jesus, there is no other way. So he says, I am the way. And um, so without Jesus, you cannot, but within Jesus in himself are multiple doors. The Bible says we understand that by him, the world was created. By him, the world was created and all things are held in place by the word of the Lord. So Jesus has become um, the very um, connection that holds creation in place. Jesus is like the lifeline and the blood that holds creation in place. If you were to take Christ out of creation, everything would crumble in a, in a, in a microsecond. Everything, the world, the worlds, all of creation, all the realms will cease to exist. Even humanity will cease to exist if you were to remove Jesus out of creation. So Jesus is the configuration that makes creation possible. Jesus is the DNA. Jesus is the lifeline. Jesus is the blood that supplies richness and possibility to all of creation. Mars, Jupiter, Venus, the stars that we see, all the planets that we see, all the things that um, all the Hubble telescope and all these things try to see in outer space. All of these things are founded upon the existence of Christ. If you were to take away the existence of Christ from the concept of creation, then nothing will exist. Jesus is the way. He is the one. And so when we speak about doors, ultimately we are speaking about Christ. Ultimately, we are raising you up to the place of revelation where you begin to understand that Jesus is not just a being that you worship. Jesus is not just a man that you call upon. Jesus is not just a man that came and died on the cross for us. This is why when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible declares that the earth split open. Darkness fell upon the land. There was earthquake. All of these things was the response of creation to the death of his creator. So you begin to understand that there is a strong connection between Jesus and the land. There is a strong connection to, between Jesus and the earth. You know, when he died, we saw that the, the, the veil in the, in, in the temple was ripped apart. There were all kinds of physical responses to the death of a man. Why? Because Jesus is the life of creation. So even creation felt it. Even creation had to carry a burden of her trying to exist without Christ. It was a hard thing for the earth to bear. That's why darkness came upon the earth. The sun would not shine. But because they had to respond to the will of God, all of creation still had to bow itself to continue to give man space to exist, even though its creator had died. The earth 
was bearing such a huge burden because how could it continue when its own maker, when its own lifeline was dead on a cross? So you have to understand that Jesus is the way. There is nothing you would try to build on this earth. There is nothing you would try to grow on this earth. There is nothing you would try to, ex um, to establish on this earth, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a position, whether it be wealth, whether it be ministry, whether whatever it may be, there is nothing that you can create and establish and grow and multiply that we have the backing of God and the backing of creation that you can do outside of Christ. Satan, remember, always gives alternative pathways, but these pathways would, at the end of the day, eventually not lead you to life. Remember what David said in the Psalms? He said, look, when I looked at the enemies and I looked at the prosperity of the wicked, my heart failed me. He says, until the Lord showed me their end, and I saw that, ah, the end of a matter is better than the beginning. I saw that, look, it is a deceit. It is a, is a temporary form of prosperity that the enemy enables, but the end of it, because he does not have the ability to increase and to propagate man through time, at some point in time, his deceit will wear out. And so the prosperity cannot last for long because Satan is even foiling that prosperity by the sacrifice of the man and by his commitment to him and to the ways of darkness. The moment there is no man to burn the candle on the altar, the moment there is no one to continue that demonic sacrifice, it is bound to wear out. Why? Because it is only Jesus that has the ability to eternally establish a person in prosperity and to preserve the covenant of truth and goodness and mercy from generation to generation. This is why when people join the occultic and when people join um, themselves to demonic altars, for them to be able to transfer the wealth to their children, they usually require that their children become part of those demonic altars and make those demonic sacrifices because Satan does not have the ability to consistently give anyone any kind of goodness upon the earth. He doesn't. So he foils it by the commitment of men. So you need to understand this that Jesus is the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the path. Jesus is the door. So the, he is the door we speak about and embedded within the door called Jesus are many other doors, multiple other doors by which people are enter, able to enter into the fullness of God in time and in season. So this morning, let us begin by praying and say, Father, Reveal yourself to me, Jesus. Father, I want to know you more than I have known you before. This, it says that we cannot come into the fullness of the revelation and understanding of the doors of access in the spirit realm until we have first come into an understanding of the major door, of the main door. So Jesus, I want to know you. So Jesus, show me who you are. So Jesus, open my eyes. Open my eyes to be able to see you in the midst of existence. Open my eyes to be able to see you in the midst of my life. Jesus, I want a deeper revelation of you. Jesus, I want a deeper understanding of you. Jesus, I want to come into deeper clarity of who you are. Jesus, I ask that you fill me, you fill me up, you fill me up, oh God, with knowledge, with understanding, with clarity, with revelation. In the name of Jesus, I declare that I have eyes that is able to see. Jesus, I ask that you show me yourself in the midst of the word. I ask that you show me you in the midst of 
my life. Jesus, I ask that you show me your presence, that you show me your fullness, that you show me, oh God, your orchestrations inside of me. In every waking moment of my life, let me be able to see you. In every time that I go to bed, let me be able to see you. Let me see you, oh God, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But let me also see you in Corinthians. Let me see you in Habakkuk. Let me see you in Nahum. Let me see you in Ecclesiastics and Ephesians. Jesus, when I open my eyes to study, let me behold the fullness of you. When I go through life in my interactions with my brothers, in my interactions with my workers, in my interactions, oh God, with people, let me see your face, Jesus, upon the faces of men. Let me be able to engage people on the level of Jesus, on the level of Christ. Jesus, my heart is crying out to you. Father, I am asking that Jesus be established, oh God, in my heart. Let me know what it means to hide the word in the midst of me. Let me know what it means to hide Christ inside of me. Reveal to me the knowledge of Christ. Reveal to me the knowledge of Christ that I may know you, oh God, that I may know the excellency of your way, that I may know the excellency of your power, that I may know the excellency of your truth, that I may know the excellency of your position. Father, you are the foundational door. Jesus, you are the foundational and eternal door. It is you that I'm consistently walking through. Jesus, open our eyes to this morning and show us yourself. Open our eyes this morning and reveal yourself to us, Jesus. Jesus, show us you in the midst of our businesses. Let us know what it is like to do business with Jesus. Let us know what it is like to engage with Jesus. Let us know what it is like to, to, to walk with Jesus. Teach us the principles of Christ in the midst of ministry. Let us not do ministry by set rules and traditions that were handed to us by men. But Jesus, show me how you will do it. Jesus, I want you to be established upon the platform, upon the pulpit, upon every single thing that I do. Jesus, I need you to be the banner and the flag waving over my life. I need you, Jesus, to be the one that is waving over my life. Jesus, you are my eternal inheritance. You are the one that I want to hand over to my children and to my children's children. Show me who you are, oh God, in the midst of eternal inheritance, in the midst of legacy. Show me what it means to bear Jesus. Show me what it means to transfer Jesus. You are the eternal and everlasting God. You are the door of life. You are the door of truth. You are the door of peace. Come and pray for yourself. Pray for deeper revelations of Jesus. Pray, pray, pray this morning. Jesus, show me what it means to bear you in my body. Show me what it means to carry Jesus and the carrying of Christ that breaks the bound of, of infirmity upon the body. Let me know what it's like for me to live in Christ and Christ in God. Let me know what it's like for me to be embedded within the eternal love relationship that Jesus has got with God and the Holy Spirit has got with them both. Show me what it's like to be the center of the love of the Trinity. Jesus, the Bible declares that you are the light. Let your light fill me up. Let the illumination called Christ, let it envelop my being. Morocco is Paraneta. Pray this morning for the unveiling of Christ. Pray this morning for the unveiling of Jesus in the midst of you. Levels of Christ, levels of Christ, magnitudes of the knowledge of Jesus. Let it fuel your heart, let it fuel your life, let it fuel your mind. Pray that the Lord will reveal Jesus to you this morning. 
Karura deskafa, etelemele kosatila, jambaruke iteke velentibra. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we give you praise. Father, we bless you. And as we went on yesterday, we, we, we also spoke through 1 Corinthians 16, verse 5 to 9. You know, just on that point of Jesus, I need you to, when you even go back this morning, keep praying. And keep asking the Lord that you need the Christ system to be established in your home. You need the Christ system to be established in your life. You need the Christ system to be established in your family. Pray and ask the Lord that Christ will go beyond a man you think about on the cross. That let Christ be revealed to you as a life, as a way, as a system of operation. Make this prayer to God consistently and watch Jesus and the life of Jesus flow into your home. Um, and we looked at 1 Corinthians um, 16, verse 5 to 9. And in this part of the Bible, we're looking at um, Paul speaking about, you know, the fact that he wants to go to Macedonia and the fact that he wants to go be with the church in Macedonia. What he was saying to them, he says, you know, I don't want to make a passive visit. I hope to, um, to spend some time with you. And he says, if the Lord permits, he said, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, you know, he said, because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. And I was sharing with you guys yesterday about, you know, the fact that there is a, there is constant opposition, you know, in the midst of an open door. And the fact that opposition is not a sign that God is not there. As a matter of fact, sometimes opposition is a sign that God is in the midst of it. And God sometimes just needs us to learn how to break through. So God puts the door as a means to pull us in, as a means to encourage us so that we keep going but sometimes he leaves the opposition there to teach us warfare, to teach us how to fight, to teach us how to, to, to give us strength in the realm of the spirit. So warfare is not always a bad thing. It is in the midst of war that you begin to learn new species of war. You begin to learn new methods. You begin to learn new processes. You begin to have new access to the heart, to the mind, and to the dealings of God. You begin to understand how the spirit realm works and how to navigate around the realm of the spirit so here is the um the apostle saying i want to come but i will wait a bit i will stay for a while because i see many oppositions but i can tell that in the midst of, of the opposition there are doors there i can tell that in the midst of the troubles i am having you know with with, with, with in-laws, in the midst of the trouble I'm having, with, with people speaking against my marriage, and, you know, with, with, with a strange woman trying to come in, in the midst of all this opposition, I can tell that there is a door of access that is open for my home, for my life, for my family, for the fruitfulness of my home. And so I'm speaking to somebody this morning because I see it so clearly. I, I, and the Lord is saying, hey, in the midst of all of that trouble you are having there in your family, there is a door of access open, and Satan is trying to Blind your eyes. Satan is trying to cover your eyes. Satan is trying to make you not see that there is a door and there is a way um, that is open in the midst of it. So we're sharing yesterday that you know what? Ephesus had been given to Paul. You know, the pagan system was falling at the feet of the apostle. But Paul was also able to recognize that he had not finished the work there. 
And that was a point we touched yesterday, that God will show us when we have finished. God will show us when we have exhausted a season, when we have exhausted a grace, when we have exhausted a relationship, when we have exhausted a place that he has asked us to be. Because Paul said, I, I have a desire to move. I have a desire to, you know, come to you guys, to spend time, to fellowship. I have a desire to change my location. But Paul also said, I do not move lightly. I move according to the dictates of God. I move according to the seasons, according to the patterns of the spirit. And I can tell that there is yet more for me to finish here. And so one prayer this morning is, God, show me when I am done. Show me when it is finished. Show me when I am done. They beat Jesus. They ripped the skin from his back. All kinds of things they spat on him. They tore the clothes on his body. Things that many of us would have given up the ghost in a moment. Once they did it to us, we are like, I'm done. I can't continue. But Jesus endured until he finished his suffering on the cross. Until they pierced his side. Until they came and they put vinegar in his mouth. Jesus did not die. He had to fulfill every prophecy that had been prophesied concerning his death. He had to complete every prophecy that had been given. They said that they will cast lost lots for his raiment. They will cast lots for his clothes. Until that was done, Jesus did not die. Jesus did not die. They said that they will give him vinegar. Until that was done, Jesus did not die. Every single thing that was prophesied concerning his death, he had to finish it before he gave up the ghost. He says, Father, unto your hands I commit my spirit. It was him that committed his spirit to the hand of God. It was him that allowed death to have his way in, in him. So you have to pray. And when he was done, he said, he shouted, he said, it is finished. So he calculated it. He looked at all the prophecies from, 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 from Genesis onto the time where he was hanging. He looked at it all. He recognized that I have completed every single one that was said. And he said, it is finished. Pray and say to the Lord, Father, help me to know when I am done. And until I am done in anything, in any area of life, in any commitment, in any assignment, Lord, do not let me give up. Father, help me to stay consistently until it is finished. Father, show me, give me the capacity, oh God, to be able to recognize when my cup is full in a particular area, in a particular assignment, in a particular movement. Father, help me to recognize when I am done. Until I am done, Lord, do not let me give up. Help me to keep pressing in. Help me to keep pushing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Very important prayer. Very important prayer. And until I am done, Lord, give me perseverance. Give me grit. Give me grace. Encourage me, Holy Spirit, to keep on what the keep on on the race that you have commanded me. Help me to know when I am done with where I am right now. Help me to know when I am done, oh God. Father, do not let me evaluate relationships based on how I feel, on how they make me feel, or what they give to me or don't give to me. But help me to evaluate based on your will and your hand upon the relationships. Make that prayer this morning. This is very important. This is how your destiny becomes tight. When I say tight, I mean knitted into the will of God, knitted into the heart of God. Make it a prayer. 
Ask the Lord to make you keen in understanding. Ask the Lord to open your eyes, to give you a higher level of discernment concerning his will in time and in season. You must be a man whose footsteps are governed in the, by the accuracy of prophecy. You must be a man whose movement is governed by the accuracy of the word of the Lord. Ask the Lord to open your eyes, to help you discern when you are done, help you to know when you are finished. Ask God to fill you up with revelation. Not the emotionality of life, but the revelation of the heart and the will of God. Make that a prayer this morning. I don't know if Jude is still there. There is a song by Minister Theophilus Sunday. It says, uh, may I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your way. Help me to run in your pace. Um, Jude, are you there? May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your way. Help me to run in your pace. When we leave, I need, if you can find that song, it's a song he did with um, um, T.Y. Bailo in a spontaneous worship. If you can find it, I need you to put the link um, here on YouTube so that people can go back and listen to that song. It says, may I never be too fast. May I never be late. You know, help me to run in your pace. Help me to run your in your way. So there is a way you run with God and there is a pace of the spirit part time. You need to learn to follow the spirit's pace. You need to learn to follow the pace of the Holy Ghost. And this is how you are able to be a man that heaven can trust. This is how heaven can back you up fully. And every time you move, you have the wind of the spirit. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine recently and she was saying to me, and she said, you know, um, she said, P.I., I look at how you are able to do work in different places. She said, you know, since 2017, the Lord has been sending you to nations. The Lord has been sending you to places. And I look at how you are able to do these things. And I said, and, and she said, you see, it's with so much ease. And you, you wake up and say, oh, the Lord says we should go here. And the Lord says we should do this. She said, and I see the ease with which you do, you just do it as if you did not really do anything. And you just go, you just come back, you just continue life. She's like, things that, is like a hula baloo for many people. She said, you just go out, you just do it so, with so much ease. And she said, I can tell that the grace of God is upon you to do that work. And, you know, for me, I said, I said, you know, honestly, I am held up by God and I walk consistently in obedience to the father. You know, so the moment I hear the Lord say, it is time to go. I don't, it's, it's, it's non-negotiable. The commands of God are non-negotiable. The only thing that I say is, okay, Lord, I know you have asked me to show me how, tell me how, instruct me on the way to go, you know, and I'm never taken by any vision. I know that the visions of God are part-time and in season. So I am never taken, you know, by the complexities or the glory of it as it were. I am rather taken by the need to obey God accurately, you know, so because I found out that when you stand in obedience, there is something that happened. The Bible says in the day of his power, the people shall be willing the people shall be willing. So I, I, I follow according to the power and according to the leading of God. You see, and that's why, you know, even with Mantle of Deborah, that's why I encourage you guys to partner with us. I encourage you guys to partner with the ministry because I was saying to the, to, to the leaders recently, and I said to them, you say, even this vision of the Mantle of Deborah, 
I believe in my spirit as I stand now that it's for a season. A time will come that the spirit of God will say, it is finished. The work is done. This that I will have you do is done right now and move on to the next thing that I need you to propagate amongst my people. And so you, you have to be sensitive. So from 20, in fact, since 2017, that's when I've been declaring that the mantle of Deborah, the mantle of Deborah, and it was unveiled in time. Initially, we thought it was just one meeting and the expression of it in 2017 was no longer the expression of it in 2020, you know, to 2021, 2022. And, you know, you may even get tired of hearing it. You'll be thinking, ah, what's this mantra of Deborah? And this woman is always shouting. I am moved by the compelling force of the Holy Ghost. And so as long as the Holy Ghost is still knocking on that door, as long as the Holy Ghost is still on that matter, I am moved by it. And so I know that there is a blessedness and there is a blessing that accompanies the mantle, that accompanies the declaration of this word. And as long as I can connect with it in this time, I am able to receive the blessing. So when I hear a command like that of God, I hear it the way you guys hear it. I follow it the way every other person is following it. I attend to it the way you also are attending to it. I don't look at it as my vision, my word. It is not for me. It is the word of the Lord. It is the message of the Lord. It is the vision of God. It will do me well to be able to join myself with it. It will to be to my benefit to run along with what the spirit of God is saying. So I don't see it as mine. I see it as a word that I need to obey, a word that I need to, um, that I need to give myself to. And as I do it, I see the spirit of God expanding me in knowledge, expanding me in revelation, expanding me in grace, expanding me in capacity, expanding me in the apostolic, in the prophetic, in, in, in national building, national penetration, in, in, in terms of engaging with nations, engaging with authority. I see the Lord's expansion in the midst of his word. And so that is what obedience to a word does to you. Imagine if I don't obey the word now and then the next word of the Lord comes and the Lord says, hey, it is finished. That means I have missed the grace. I have missed the power. I have missed the learning. I have missed the capacity of a season. And then when the next word is released, I am not able to chase that word effectively because everything that I needed for the fulfillment of that word was embedded in my obedience to this word. So I needed to understand how doors work. I needed to understand that it is not just a great door. Like I said to you, the word for great is the word mega, but it's also an effective work. So it is a work that has to be done. It is a work. You walk it. You walk the word of the Lord. You walk the command of God. You walk in the blessedness of the Lord. So when God gives you a thing, you need to do the work. So when I say partner with me, I'm not saying partner with Isi. Isi, what do I need you to partner with me for? I don't need you to feed my children or pay my, my children's school fees. No, when I say partner with me, I say partner with the vision, partner with the work, partner with the word, because a day will come when you would arise and say, ah, I get it. And it is no longer, it is finished. It is finished. So there is a season for everything. Even we as human beings, a time will come when the Lord will look at how much you have done and God will say it is finished. So a person you are looking at today that the Lord is saying to you, make sure you build a relationship with that person. Make sure you go, even your parents, a time will come where the Lord will say that door of their lives is closed permanently and it is finished. That's when people are filled with regrets and they start to say, oh, I wish I took care of my father a little bit more. I wish I bought him all the things that he wanted. I wish I saw my mother more. I wish I took my children to spend time with them. Why? Because every door that opens must be shut. And the Lord, and the Bible began to speak in the book of Revelation. He says, I put in your hand the key of David. 
He says, every door that you open will be open and every door that you shut will be shut. So when the door is shut, it is shut. It is impossible to access that level of engagement again the moment the door is shut. So I don't just want us to see the open doors, but I also need us to understand the mechanism of shut doors because a door can also be shut by the Lord. And the moment the Lord shuts that door, there is no longer opportunity. So somebody reached out to me um, recently and I was speaking to the person about something and the person started speaking to me about um, of the mantle of Deborah in America. And I said, yes, the Lord has already given that word. He gave the word since. In fact, I'm late in that word. I just need faith and staring to be able to apprehend it. And she said to me, she said, you know, P.I., I will pay for the venue in Houston. She said, I will buy your ticket. I said, let's do it. Let's do it. And you see, it's because there is a compelling vision and there is a word of the Lord. Yesterday night in my room, before I went to, to bed, I remember kneeling down and crying. And I said, God, your daughters. And I was, it was almost like I could feel the river and the waters of God gushing out from the heart of the Father, gushing out into the bellies of women, gushing out into their lives, into their minds, into their spirits. And I said, God, none will be broken. None will be lost. Everyone you have anointed and you have ordained for this season. But by none of them will give up their vision in the name of the Lord Jesus. Their hearts will not be taken by pain. Their souls will not be overwhelmed by discouragement. Father, we release the water. Father, let the Deborahs across the earth, let them rise up in the name of Jesus. If you know me, I never used to be a women's ministry person. Ah, I'm like, the gospel is the gospel. The gospel is not male. The gospel is not female. The gospel is the gospel. And it is, it can be, it, can, it is applicable to anyone, any age, any gender. But you see, we fall behind the word of the Lord. We fall behind the word of the Lord. Any of our desires, aspirations, our homes, our preferences falls behind the word of the Lord. And so even though for a season, I was like, please don't tag me as a women's ministry person. I am for the church, but I fall behind God's word. If God says to me in this season, I am raising Debra's, then Debra's we are raising. If the Lord says to me, this is the word I want you to take into the nations, then that is the word we take. You fall behind the word of the Lord because the word of the Lord becomes the key that opens the door to you. The word that is given. The word that is released, the word that is commanded, the perspective of God, the, 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 the preferences of God is what gives you access. So many of us want to open doors in the spirit that we have not first submitted to. You submit to the government of that door. You submit to the way of that door. When you stand before every door, there is the angel of the Lord. There is the coffee cherubs that say to you, are you ready to access this door? Do you this day vow to keep to the government and the processes of this door? Do you this day agree to the contract of the spirit that when you enter in, you will fulfill the desires of God for this door? There are places that many of us have stood in front of. We have never fully accessed because we still want to retain our own perspective. We still want to retain our own ways. We don't understand that humility is what passes you through. We don't understand that humility is what makes you embrace the wisdom of God for a time and for a season. Because a day comes when it is finished. I need you to understand the concept of it is finished. I need you to know that it is possible for a thing to be finished for a grace to be finished, for a command to be finished, for a, for a relationship to be finished. It is finished. And when it's finished, it is finished. There is nothing you can do. So that's why I charge you this day that whenever you see a great door open unto you, access it. 
There are people that that began to get, you know, just sips, sips, sips of the, the release of, you know, of the outworking of God in a particular area, in a particular gifting, and they shut it down. And then the time has come where they are now calling for the supernatural. They can't find it anymore. Because in the day that the Lord sought to release it, they thought to themselves, you know, you know, this is not how I want to do ministry. I want something different. Can we trust the wisdom of God? Can we trust the revelation of God? If you went into a meeting and spirits begin to manifest and you say, come out in the name of Jesus and there are de deliverances happening, don't go back and say to yourself, I'm not a deliverance ministry, the kind of ministry I want. No, because a day will come where your ministry is attacked by demons and you no longer know how to perform and you know you have not mastered the spiritual art of bringing liberty. You have not mastered the spiritual art. You don't know how to look at one and spit in the sand and rub it on their eye. But on the other one, you say be healed. And on the other one, you grab their hand. There is a system of the release of the power of God in a particular area. So you master the door. You own the door. You hold the door. You engage with the door. You finish it. You, you take in all the grace. And many times it's not only when it is good. There are some troubles that you are going through today. A day will come when it is finished. The question is, by the time that trouble is done, have you arrived at the fullness of the person you are supposed to be by reason of that trouble? Have you arrived at the fullness of revelation you're supposed to have by reason of that problem that comes, that came? Have you arrived at the fullness of the knowledge that you were meant to apprehend in the processing of that trouble? The problem is many of us are docile in the midst of an open door. Many of us are docile in the midst of a new season. So we never fully come into what God wanted us to enter into by reason of it. So make that prayer again. I say, God, give me the revelation of what it means to be finished. Give me the understanding of what it means to be finished. Give me the ability to discern the seasons in the lives of my children. Because many of us look at our kids when they are teenagers and say, ah, I miss the day when they were babies because that season is over. But the question is when they were babies, did you instill in them everything that God wanted you to instill in them? When they became um, toddlers, did you teach them everything they needed to know? When they became um, um, double digit children, 12, 11, 10, did you instill in them the knowledge of God and the knowledge of life and the knowledge of money and the knowledge of work and the knowledge of discipline? Because a time will come when it is finished. You can never go back. So ask the Lord, ask the Lord, ask the Lord, ask the Lord. Give me the wisdom on how to maximize seasons. Rather, irrespective of what the season presents. You're happy, there's somebody on this call, you are going through um, a, a rebellious spell with your teenager and the child is just out of control. And you are saying to yourself, I don't know who this child is. Listen, are you engaging that season accurately? Are you declaring the things? Remember what I said to you, that when the fire is, goes up, when there is heat, that's when the manifestation happens. But the manifestation is a sign that deliverance is about to be complete. So are you engaging it? Are you engaging that season of that child's life in prayer? Engage the season of that child's life in counsel. Engage it in expanding your own self. Because today it's a teenager, tomorrow it will be a nation that God will give to you. Are you finishing? Are you exhausting the lessons that are embedded within that season of life? Because a day will come when it is finished. A day will come when it is finished. So Father, may I never be too fast. May I never be late. 
Help me to run in your ways. Help me to run in your pace. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your race. Help me to run in your pace. May I never be too fast. May I never be late. Help me to run in your ways. Help me to run in your pace. I pray for you. That the revelation of that song will hit you. That the revelation of that song will hit you. That you will no longer be docile in the midst of destiny. That you will no longer be docile in the midst of opportunity. That you will no longer be docile in the midst of an open door. But the Lord will give you the sensitivity of the spirit. That you may engage in time and in season. In the name of our Lord Jesus. And I also pray God. For those people who are coming to the close of a season and Lord, they have not fully engaged all that you have for them. For those that did not even know that it was you, Lord Jesus. They did not know it was you walking with them. They spent all the time on the way to Emmaus complaining, talking about what the world is saying, what people are saying, the opinions, what is happening. They have wasted the time of a walk with you, Jesus. Father, I pray for these people because the Bible says the moment their eyes were open, you disappeared. Father, let this not be what happens to the people on this call, to anyone who had an opportunity to walk with you, an opportunity to learn of you, an opportunity to engage with you that has missed it or has not maximized it and the season is about to end. Baba, I ask for mercy. I ask that mercy will begin to process the papers in heaven, process the papers of, um, of new opportunity and new day, process the papers of accelerated destiny work, process the papers of acceleration and renewal. I ask that mercy, we go to the office in heaven, the office called destiny work with Christ, and we begin to process the papers on behalf of your people for the maximization of a season that is about to end. God, I pray that you will put the acceleration of grace and truth inside of your people. That Lord, before this door shuts, Baba, give them understanding of how to lay hold of it. Give them understanding of how to maximize it. So that, oh God, they will not be in a transition period for too long. Because Father, I see in the spirit realm that the problem with not fully maximizing a current season is that when the new day comes, you can't access it. And so many people, I see many people stuck in between, stuck in between, stuck in between. Father, I pray that you will, in your mercy, process the papers. Father, teach them. Let there be a release of the understanding of the culture of the kingdom. Let there be a release of the understanding of the government of the kingdom. Let there be a release of the understanding of the ways and the system of the kingdom. Father, that these people may be able to quickly, 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 Quickly cover up that which they have missed. Quickly fulfill that which is about to be gone. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Teach children, Lord Jesus, on this call. To care for, to love, to fellowship with their parents that are aged. May we be wise, oh God. Father, it was at the time when Isaac was on his deathbed that he transferred the blessing to Jacob. 
It was at the time, oh God, when, 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 when Jacob, Israel was at his deathbed, that he transferred the blessing to Ephraim, Manasseh, and to the rest of the brothers. Father, help us to be able to recognize when the seasons of our lives are at the end. Because when it comes to the end, it is no longer easy. But, but when it comes to the end, it becomes harder. Many people have walked away at the time when the blessing should have been released over them. Baba, may we not miss the blessing. May we not miss the blessing that will empower us for continuity in your will. May we not miss the blessing, but give us a stronger level of sensitivity to understand the mechanism of the door, to understand, oh God, when it is just at the end of the shutting, to know that that is the time when there is a release of new power and new strength. Father, may we not miss the season of the release in the name of Jesus. Kela matomia, vande kariba sanda, shande kotomi, kaparia dekele, kuraba katumre ingedele di karasonda. It was at the time when Elijah was to be taken away, that was when the mantle was released. He said to Elijah, if you can see me leave, then you are going to catch something. That it was at the time when Jesus was about to leave the earth, he spent the last 40 days teaching and schooling his disciples on every matter about the kingdom. There is something about the end moments. There is something about the closing of a season that releases for you the grace and the capacity that you need to fulfill your own time. When Moses was about to leave, the Bible says God said to him, call Joshua in front of the congregation and lay your hands on him and impact onto him some spiritual gifts. Because Joshua is about to continue a journey. It was at the time of the leaving of Moses that Joshua received impartation for the new day. There is something about the closing moment. There is something about the ending moment. I pray, Father, that in the name of Jesus, let us all not miss it. Let us not miss it. Let us not miss it. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Like Paul, may we be able to say, I can see that there is yet opportunity here. And let us know, let us have the wisdom on how to maximize what is left, what is remaining to glean on the fullness of grace that is left for a season, for a time, for a mandate in the name of our Lord Jesus. Are you still there, guys? You see, um, when I was studying something yesterday, there was something that the Spirit of God, um, there was something that the Spirit of God was, was speaking to me about. And it is the, the, the working of Satan. It is the working of Satan. You see, um, in, in First Chronicles, and I'm talking about the working of Satan because I am talking about adversaries adversaries i'm talking about adversaries and you know i say that to you so that you will know how not to throw a door away you will understand you will understand i'm i'm, I'm not kidding this is a very very important message because i found out that the lie that satan is selling this generation ah is a lie that anything that carries a bit of trouble or problem is not of the lord so we have bred a weak and lame generation a generation that does not have the capacity to bear. A generation that does not have backbone. A generation that does not have strength to push. Any little thing you feel insulted. Any little thing you feel aggravated. Any little thing you feel dishonored. Any little thing you are walking away. Any little thing, the way this person you are changing parameters. What is it? Are you Jesus? 
Even Jesus, the son of the living God, till today we blaspheme his name. And he gives us opportunity another day again. This is the reason why we keep missing it. Because we don't understand the culture of eternity. We don't understand the culture of Zion. We don't understand the culture of the kingdom. And a man that does not understand the culture of Zion cannot play in the politics of Zion. I saw Apostle Tommy, he wrote something recently. He said, you know that scripture that said, for we have come to Zion, the city of the living God. And the word for city, he was saying that, that, that the, the word for city is the Greek word polis, which is the, the root word for politics. For we have come to Zion, the politics of the living God. For we have come to Zion. There is a politics of the kingdom. There is a way that the kingdom works. There is a movement. There is a way that promotion comes. There is a way that efficacy comes over the word of a man. You look at some people, they have been speaking and preaching for 20 years, 30 years. Nobody knew them. And then one day, they are, the, the Lord opens a door in their words. And people realize that when you hear the person speak, something happens to you. Then you begin to wonder, how did, how did they arrive at the strength of words? Where did the efficacy of their words come from? Because there is a way of the kingdom. There is a way that the kingdom works. It is not that you try it once, it did not work, I am going. How? How? Many of us have thrown wisdom away. Many of us have cast out understanding. Yet we want to build a house. Yet we want to establish it. Yet we want it to be powerful. Yet we want his room to be filled with riches. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding it is established. By knowledge, his rooms are filled with every good thing. So if you don't embrace the workings of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, you can never be rich towards God. You can never be rich towards God. So Satan sells this lie that says to people, you know what? Just, just don't just be, hey, hello. I say to women, please, you are not a damsel in distress. Why are you always having distressing moments? Ekeba, Fadiba, Sageva. I understand that I have not arrived at the fullness of God for my life. And that is a giving. Until the day that I die, I will say pray prayers like, Lord, that I may know you. That God, that you may walk inside of me. I will say, say things like, there is a turn on my side. David said, turn, I have prayed to the Lord to take it away several times, but he will not take it away. But it does not negate the fact that I have been called to be an apostle. To the day that we die, we will say things like to live is Christ, to die is gain. I am torn betwixt. Today, the day that we die, there will still be an unfulfillment in our hearts and in our spirits. There will still be a hunger and a desire and a feeling that we have not done enough. <laughs> but it does not change the fact that we are anointed by God. Why? Because it is part of the ways and the workings of the kingdom. So the question is, how do you do? How do you manage? How do you engage? Now, as I was looking at adversary, we know that adversary also speaks about, it is also a legal term, and in, it speaks about the one that goes to accuse, the one that goes to oppose, the, the one that goes to withstand you. Paul said, there's an effective door that is open unto me. Remember, I was telling you people when he says, open unto me, he says that is uniquely me. <laughs> I need you both to understand what I am saying this morning. He says, the word that means open unto me, that phrase in the Greek word actually speaks about that is uniquely me. If there is a door that is uniquely yours, then there is an adversary that is uniquely yours. And it is not something that Satan is cooking up now. If he's cooking up now, then he's not a, the old crooked serpent that God called him to be. I need you to understand how he works. Satan has a dossier of 
understanding and knowledge about you. As a matter of fact, he even has more understanding concerning a lot of people's lives than they have. In the day that you began to activate a certain gift, he noticed it. In the day that you began to walk in certain dresses, he noticed it. In the day that you put your hand in a thing and it worked, he saw that you did it powerfully. But you never took record of how you arrived at that strength. You never took record of how the Lord worked it out in you. What did you do? Was it a three-day fast? Was it that you sanctified yourself and you did not watch anything that you were not supposed to watch for three days? Was it that you, 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 you attended to a peaceful resolution with somebody? What button did you press that enabled you to arrive at the success that you did? The biggest mistake that many of us make is that the kingdom of darkness has more knowledge about the outworking of the power of God in us than we have about ourselves. So you say things like, you know, me, I just don't know. I just do. God just, you know, I'm just a product of grace. What does grace look like? What does grace look like to you, in you, for you, and by God for it unto you? What does your grace look like? How, what, what maximizes the grace? What suppresses the outworking of that grace? How is that grace catalyzed in time and in season? What are the things you do? So I tell the people on my team, like international missions, I said, record how we arrived at success at any point in time. Record how we arrived at the mighty hand of God upon us at any point in time. You need to record it. Why? Because if you don't, you may never be able to reproduce it. You'll be laboring and spinning a wheel that you have spun before, that you should even now mechanize the wheel. So that you don't have to spin it again, you cannot move to the next wheel. This is the power of recording. Imagine if the Lord never recorded the testimonies of our brethren. What will we have to empower us today on the race of Christianity? We are still on the matter of this door. Because he said this door is uniquely me. Do you know what is uniquely yours? Because why? There is an adversary that is standing at your door. And this adversary is also uniquely yours. He says, this adversary is standing to oppose me. Now you go to First Chronicles. Let me see if I can open First Chronicles. You go to First Chronicles and you see that this same issue arises in First Chronicles 21. And the Bible says, and Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number the people. Now, when I read that scripture, it, 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 when you read it to the Greek, it actually says, at, at, and Satan stood up over Israel and provoked David to number the people. Satan gained an advantageous position over Israel. Now, when you read in the verses, in the chapters before, you will see that it was recording David's exploits and how David was winning territories for God. But at some point, Israel, their hearts began to turn as usual. Israel must have done something that, that went against the ways of the Lord. And the Bible says, and Satan stood up against Israel. As a matter of fact, Israel did not even need to do anything safe. Because the Bible says, you have an adversary that is like a roaring lion, looking for who he might devour. So he's looking for who he might devour. And you, you are not looking over the things that you have that he wants to devour. Now here is the ignorance of believers. So you just say, you know, I'm just, I just have favor everywhere I go. What makes you have favor? What are the things you attend to before the Lord that brings you favor? One of the things that Paul showed us here, Paul said, I will wait here 
Paul understood times and seasons. Why did he say, I will wait until Pentecost? There must have been a revelation of God that God gave to him. Why did he say, I will wait here until Pentecost? So Paul understood times and seasons, locations and placements. Now you begin to see that Satan arose as an adversary against Israel. Hear me, because after First Chronicles 21, you then enter 22. And what began to happen in 22 was the preparation for the building of the tabernacle, for the preparation of the building, not the tabernacle, of the temple. This is very important. The preparation of the building of the temple. So what Satan was coming against was David being accepted by God to be a man that is used to do it. Satan was trying to shortcut, was trying to cut the, the what is the word now? Trying to cut the destiny assignments that God had given to David. He was trying to cut it. And he was also trying to deprive Israel of entering into that next phase where Israel now encounters God in a much bigger, much stronger way. Because, and they, you now see that it says he stood up against Israel and then he provoked David. There are many provocations in our lives that are not even about the matter of the day. It is actually about a destiny in the future. It is actually about legacy. It is about spiritual inheritance. It is about assignment in the future. It is about what we are meant to give to our children. The provocation is not about what is happening now because David thought it is him. But what David did not know was it was Israel that Satan was coming after. But because he understood the connection between David and Israel, he knew that if he could get to David, if he could strike the shepherd, if he could strike the king, if he could strike the man who has a covenant and he has the DNA of David woven into the destiny of Israel, if he could strike him, then he could strike the possibilities and the outcome of God's desire for Israel. You need to understand this. So David did not know what was at play here. So you are standing at your door and Paul said, there are many adversaries. Do you understand the methodia of Satan? He says, let us not be ignorant about the wiles of the devil. And I said to you, that word for wiles is the word methodology. There is a methodology of attack. There is a methodology of deception. There is a methodology of breaking down marriages and families. So you are standing at the door of the possibility of being a marriage that God will use to reflect Christ and the church. But there are many adversaries. And you cannot tell the methodology of hell that one day he rises up and the way he began to have conversations with Eve, he's having it again now with the wife, having it with the husband. And somebody wakes up and begins to say, I am dissatisfied. I have not been happy in this marriage since we started. Who told you you are not happy? Believe me, my brother, you are happy. You just don't know it. This is a lie of Satan. He begins to bring a dissatisfaction. And starts to say to Eve, oh, do you know, maybe if you eat this fruit, you will be like God. He puts a dissatisfaction and a demonic longing. So the Bible says they were made in the image and in the likeness of God. But Satan comes and says to Eve that if you eat it, you will be like God. So he makes you hunger for something you already have. He makes you desire something that is already yours. And so you are on an endless chase for something you can never satisfy. This thing will heal some people this morning. It's going to heal your marriage. It's going to heal your business. It's going to heal your calling. Because the reason why many of us are, you are working on strategy and many other things to bet what you desire 
but you don't understand that the key to the outpouring is that you appreciate what you have and you steward it in prayer and in thanksgiving and you begin to bless it and you begin to pour into it the labor of intercession. And then that which looked like a seed that in previous season was not bringing forth the fruit of satisfaction. As you begin to labor into which something happens, the ground begins to break around the seed and the seed begins to sprout. That which was weak and lame that looked like it could not bring forth, it begins to break the concrete of, 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 of its time, its season, its location, and it begins to sprout. There is a sprouting that will happen when you pay attention and you heed to the prophetic word that has gone ahead of you. Not P.I.'s prophetic word, not your, your brother's prophetic word, not your friend, the one God has uniquely given to you. Paul said, it is my unique door. It is my unique wide open door. You need to know your space of influence in the realm of the spirit. You need to know your space of gifting in the realm of the spirit. He says, let everyone pay diligence to make a careful exploration of who they are. And when they have found it, sink yourself into it. Let no one compare themselves one to another, but everyone must do, must do the creative best they can with their own life. Your life is a trust that is given to you by God. The grace upon your life is a trust that has been handed to you by God. Your gift is a wide open door. Many people are searching for the next thing to do. How about you do the one that you know how to do? How about you be the one that you know how to be? How about you expand that which you already have? How about you become fruitful in the egg, the embryo that is already embedded within you? Why are you going to look for another person's own? How about you multiply what you already have? You cannot multiply what does not exist. So we are trying to go and multiply what we don't have. So you are looking at somebody else's strategy, somebody else's unique wide open door, and you are trying to multiply it for yourself when it is not yours. It is what you have that you multiply. How about you replenish the areas of your own that you know it is depleting here, it is depleting there, replenish it. Because it is what you have that you can replenish. What you know that you can replenish. I pray that the Spirit of God will bring a holy satisfaction. Before I continue about the adversary, let us ask the Lord this morning, Father, bring a holy satisfaction to me, a holy satisfaction in the things you have given to me. Let me see my unique door. Let me see my unique opening. Let me see my unique graces. Let me see my unique anointing. Let me see my unique ordination. Let me see my unique power. Let me see my unique flow. Let me see my unique gifting. My God, give me satisfaction. Help me to own what is mine. Help me to receive what is mine. May I not cast away that which you, you, you put your best effort into to deposit within me. But my God, may I embrace it fully. My God, give me a love for that which you have placed within me. Give me a love for that which you have walked into my DNA. Baba, give me the courage and the confidence to embrace and to own that which you have deposited within me. My God, give me the courage and the confidence to own the marriage you have given to me. Give me the courage and the confidence to own the relationships you have given to me, the friendships you have given to me, the covenant people you have placed in my life. Baba, 
but may I not search for what is not mine, but help me to multiply, help me to be fruitful, help me to increase and to nourish and to replenish that which you have given to me. Until what I have arrives at dominion, may I not give it up, Lord. Give me the grace to war, to subdue, to subdue the voice of hell and darkness that wants to speak out of that which you have blessed me with. Father, give me the wisdom to subdue it, to know when it is the voice of the enemy and it is a voice of warning from you, O God. Solomon said to God, God said, what do you want? He did not say, give me another kingdom. Give me another people. Give me more influence. Satan said, no. Solomon said, no, I know what you have given me. You have given to me this opportunity to sit on the seat of my father. You have given to me a people. You have given to me all of this. You have given to me understanding. But now give me understanding and wisdom on how to govern these people. Ah, help me to know what I have so that I may know what to ask for. Because I cannot ask accurately if I don't know what is, has already been released to me. Show us what we already have. I pray that God, you will break every spell of deception that Satan has cast over your people this morning. Break it in the name of Jesus. Every spell, spell of lies that makes them to look down and to talk down on the things you have given to them. Break it in Jesus' name. Every demonic dissatisfaction break in the name of Jesus that we may know what we have, that we may know what we carry. David said to Mephibosheth, come out of no diva. Mephibosheth said, why would you look upon me a dead dog? David said, no, you are the son of Jonathan, the son of King Saul. Mephibosheth did not know what he had. Mephibosheth did not know the lineage and the genealogy of kingship within him. So when the king was calling on him, he said, I am but a dead dog. May you know what is flowing through your veins. May you know what is flowing through your veins. May you know the parts and the aspect of God that he deposited in you in the day that he made you. May you know. 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 In the name of Jesus. Let there be an unveiling of gifts and graces. Let there be an unveiling of the rivers of God. Let there be an unveiling of the power and the glory of God that is residing inside of you. Lambia komea tabasanda. Shikoba, shikoba, shikoba. Badu, 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 bele pila kusika paya. The inherent blessedness of even your family lineage. Because we talk about generational problems when we don't talk about generational blessings. Aha! There are some blessings and some giftings that were handed down to you by reason of who your father is and who your mother is. May you know in the name of Jesus. May you know your unique configuration given to you by God. May you know the door that God placed inside of you for this generation. May you know in the name of Jesus. Barua kemele dobo shodobo rokotima katalaba. Siva, 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 siva kele tu mele diando bereada. Ikavando, marakode, berekaso kebreanda sukepai. Katu, 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 katu. Vadeka liba shadea. Kureba sukerebe kotomia. Kantele barukasa. Talian dumbre inge dilema makoto kobosanda. The contention that is bet by reason of revelation. Ah, may you not be like Esau. Jacob knew more what the blessing that was given to Esau by reason of his bet, bet, bet position. Jacob knew what it was more than Esau. 
There are many of you on this call, you have been plundered because you don't know. You have said thank you to people that have taken more from you than you have given to them. You have said thank you to them. You have said thank you to systems that have stolen from you. You have been grateful and you have committed your life to things and to cultures that have stolen more from you. And you call yourself blessed where you have received the least that is possible to you. Let God break that this morning. Break it in the name of Jesus. Scatter the lie in the name of Jesus. Suppress it in the name of Jesus. Let wisdom and revelation and knowledge hit you right now in Jesus' name. The Bible says concerning the prodigal son that he woke up one day and he looked around himself and he said, even the servants in my father's house don't feel like this. I am going back to my father's house. Even the servants in my father's house, they eat better than this. He knew what he had. He knew that he had an inheritance, an eternal love pact between him and his father. And he knew that even if he came back as a servant, that he was deserving more than where he was. Ah, you will break something this morning. You will demand for a, a, a different kind of engagement with people. As the Lord begins to open your eye, as the Lord begins to open your eye, your level of engagement will change. Your level of engagement with time, with season, with destiny, with the nation will change. The moment you know who you are and what you have, you will begin to place a greater demand on the door that God has opened to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray for everyone that has been raped and plundered. I pray for everyone who's temple has been desecrated. I pray for everyone whose life has been filled with abuse and they have constantly taken away from you. And so you feel depleted. You are 30, you are 40, but you feel as though you are 80. You cannot find the strength for a new day. You cannot find the zeal for a new day because you feel depleted. Father, in the name of Jesus. God of wonders beyond the galaxies. You are holy, holy. All creation declares your majesty because you are holy, you are holy. God, at the point of Kadosh, Every time men stood upon the holy places of God, it was times when you gave them the opportunity for entering into fullness and the reversal of a previous season of dryness. When the children of Israel stood on the land Kadesh, you, it was the opportunity you were giving to them to enter the promised land. When Moses stood upon the land and you said, take off your shoes for the land you are standing upon is holy ground. It was the opportunity that Moses needed to be rebirthed into the man that he was supposed to be. Father, today we stand on holy ground and it is an opportunity for restoration and for people to be reborn. I pray. Everyone who has been raped, plundered, abused. As I'm speaking right now, I see somebody on their knees wailing, weeping and saying, God, it is me. I feel empty already. I feel dry already. 
I feel like life has taken too much for me. I cannot find my fight. I cannot find my zeal. Now lay your hand on your heart. One hand on your head chest, the other hand on your head. And now I begin to pray. Let the holy fire of restoration, let it fall upon you in the name of Jesus. The fire of purging, the fire of purging. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost coming upon somebody. And I see the claws of hell removing his hand from your body. Yes, yes, Lord, let your holy fire come. Let your holy fire come. Let the claws of hell be removed from the hand of your son. Let it be removed from the hand of your daughter. Let it be removed from the hand of from the bodies of their destiny. Let the hand of hell be removed in the name of Jesus. Let the chains begin to fall. Let it fall off the feet of God's people. Anyone that Satan has, he has spun a web around you. Right now, I call the fire of the Holy Spirit to burn the web and consume it in the name of Jesus. I begin to call for a release. I begin to call for a release. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let the healing anointing of God, let it go into your heart and your spirit and your soul. The kind of healing that time does not give. The kind of healing that happens at an instance of encounter with the Lord. Hey, Baba, break the barrier of time and space and bring to your children everything that has been lost. Baba, we call for restoration that they may know who they are, that they may know what they have. Every single thing that Satan was trying to steal from their lives by the provocations of the past. Baba, I ask this morning, let it be a day of restoration, a day of renewal, a day of rebuilding, a day of reestablishment. If you are praying this prayer with your spouse, hold their hand now and begin to declare. Hold the hand of that spouse and say everything. The person may even be lying on the bed. Go and hold their hand and say everything that Satan has stolen from us. Today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the force of the restoration of God. It has been restored to us in Jesus' name. The power of disunity breaks. The power of misunderstanding breaks. The power of fear breaks. The power of shame breaks. The power of unforgiveness breaks. Now in the name of Jesus, restoration. Do I have praying people in this house? Do I have praying people in this place? People who have faith concerning the restoration of God. God, hey, hey. the gate of 2022, we will not go past it without a full restoration. Everything that we need to enter fully into the new day, it is ours by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, Gunde Gunde Baraki Televi and It is ours. It is ours. It is ours. It is ours. In the name of Jesus, it is ours. Zegre Nemantuva Parande Shedevreka de Masova. Ha. I want to say something, but I'm careful not to say it. Because I don't, because of the mentality we have, what are we saying? Let me tell you people something. 
Like Moses, I'm a woman that has been drawn out of the waters of pain, out of the claws of death, out of the claws of, I have been drawn by God. And because, and there, is, there, are, there are processes by which the Lord has done this in me. One of the things that I do, every time I arrive at a moment, at a threshold like this, when I can tell that something is happening, listen, I give. And the reason why I say I'm careful to not say this because I don't want you to think I'm saying it because of myself. I give. Wherever the Lord commands you, go and give it. This is not about people of influence. I give and it breaks the hand of something over me. It's like I pull a jacket. I partner with God to complete what he's doing. I don't know how to explain it. If you look at this first Chronicles 21, and by reason of the provocation of hell over, the, over Israel, over David, and David went and he made a wrong decision. David entered into a place where he did not obey the way that things should be done. And David counted the people. When you go back to Exodus, you will realize that God had already shown them a way, I think Exodus 30, on how to number the people. When God called for a census, God called for a census and told Moses how to count them and told Moses that the people should give, I think, um, half a shekel or something like that. Each person should give a particular amount. And that was how the census was made. They did not count the children of Israel without the children of Israel giving. And when they gave, the Lord said that this is the only way you can count them. He says, so that the plague will not come upon them. Now, here is David many, many years later, and Satan provoked him. So maybe the provocation was, David, you know, you have gone through so much in this life. The people don't respect you. The people don't think you are anything. The other kings think you are still just a shepherd boy. There's nothing big to your life. Even though you are sitting on the throne, you are still just a boy that was abandoned by his family. Satan's provocation. He begins to come and eat and tell you you are not who you are. And he begins to come for you in that way. You know, and then Satan, David was moved. And then David said, I will count the people. Let me know what I have. And he did it without the ordinances of God. Listen to me. He did it without respecting the way that God says it should be done. And that's the problem many of us are facing today. It is not the sin of commission necessarily. Many times we don't even know what is right. That's why you must know the Bible. Hey, don't know people's opinion. Don't know people's own failure. Don't follow the way that people could not chase the word to the end. And so they did not see the fullness of the blessing. So they come to tell you rubbish. Oh, it's not really so. I don't really think that God wants us. I don't want to know what you think. I want to know what God says. I don't care what you think. What does the Bible say? So because we don't know, we then go and do a thing to glorify ourselves, to build up ourselves. If it, it looks like a good strategy. It looks like a good way to move. It looks like the best approach to a matter. That is always the problem. Do it your way. Don't do it God's way. Do it your way. Bend the law just a little bit. Because that way you get more profitable. That way you get more increase. That way you, you become more like what is wanted. Many stupid things that happen now. I hear people say to build up my marriage. You know, my partner likes to, to, to see me touch Myself, my partner, bring somebody else into our bed. My partner, you know, once you was sleeping with another woman to show me what he really likes. 
the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus, the understanding and the revelation of Zion. Let it hit your head in Jesus' name. Let God wash, wash your understanding. Wash your head the way that they washed a dirty cloth in Jesus' name. You are trying to build something in the way that does not follow the ordinances of God. How do you think that Satan will not attack you? How do you think that a broken method will produce a wholesome outcome? It is impossible. Very important what I'm telling you, because we are spirits. There are certain rules and regulations around spiritual men. One of the rules and regulations is sacrifices. Every time a God appears to men, and every time a God is trying to take a territory, one of the first things that he commands men to do is to make sacrifices. The sacrifices of hell don't look like the day it used to look, look the way it used to look like in those days. In those days, it will look like big sheep, big goat, big ram. It doesn't look like that anymore these days. In the days in which we are, the Bible says we have come into the dispensation of we being the sacrifice laid upon the altar. We have come into the dispensation where we are the temple, where inside of us is where we offer our spiritual sacrifices. Listen. These days, many of us are sacrificing upon the altars of Baal, upon the altars of death, sacrificing, but we don't know we are. Why? Because what we're offering is within us. What we're offering up is inside of us in the way we think, the way we act, the things we permit. So because you are not cutting a goat on the altar does not mean that you are not worshiping a God. Because it is what is giving that determines the God that it is giving to so the question is, what are you giving? And to him that you make sacrifices to, that is the one that has authority over your life. Please stay with me this morning before we go. I need to land this thing. So that as you are walking through your day, you'll be repenting throughout today. You'll be repenting. You'll be breaking covenants. You will be breaking altars. You will be breaking um, 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 engagements you have made with demonic realms and demonic spirits. You'll be shattering them as you go through the day. Because the Lord will be showing you where you erected altars that are speaking. Altars that are speaking. And now you are crying out to God. Your voice is not heard in the heavens. Why? Because there are other voices that are loudest. You will break it. You will scatter it. You will renounce. Throughout the day, the Spirit of God will be revealing to you. And you'll be renouncing. So here came David. David went and did it without the way of God. When the Lord was going to restore, what did God say to David? Go now. In my mercy, I have stilled the hand of the angel so that the door will not close. Because there's a way that angel will be fighting. <laughs> Israel will be wiped out. God has done it before. He did it in the time of um, the Moses. He can't do it again. If he did it before, he will do it again. Same God back then, same God right now. We sing that song and we sing it only about the blessings of God. We don't sing it about the judgment of God. If he did it before, he will do it again. So he says, go now to that treasure floor and go and do what? Offer up an offering. Because David, the people were meant to give offerings if they were to be numbered. But you, uncle, you decided to raise a new ordinance for yourself. Because your body was itching by the provocation of hell. You wanted to find a solution, a way to make it work. You now went to press spoil button. God said, I am giving you mercy. 
go and offer up. Listen to me. When my life is under siege, I give everything that I have. I give myself to people. <laughs> I give myself to the work. I give myself to prayer. I give my money. I give my faith. I give everything. When I realize that I'm starting or standing on the treasure floor of mercy, I'm like, Baba, this thing will not kill me. And you see, the power of covenants, the children of Israel was the ones that I was coming against. It was not them that numbered themselves is David. But here is the power of covenants and alliances. Because they did not need to do anything David had to do and they paid the price for it. There are many times you pay the price for by reason of the transgression of day that you are in covenant with. So some people say, I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did. It's not necessarily what you did. It's not, it's, and sometimes it's about what is being done. And then you fall into it. You have to learn to consistently uphold certain ordinances of the kingdom. To say, Baba, I repent. I break. I disalign myself from any. I remove myself from the penalty of, you need to learn to pray prayers like this. Prayers of deliverance over yourself. And you need to learn to offer up spiritually calculated gifts and offerings. And then when you give them, you place a demand on it. It's not the one you give as if you are doing one person one favor, let the pastor not die, God forbid. Not that kind, but the time that you say, you speak to the seed and you say, for this reason, this is what I'm giving it up for. When you leave this prayer call today and through the day, study the different kinds of offerings that were offered up. Do you understand? Christ has died and has become all of these, our sin offering, our peace offering. But hey, what is the intelligence of the door that God Christ that has been opened in Christ? What we saw in the Old Testament as certain kinds of acts in the New Testament comes to us as a revelational work. Walk, W-A-L-K. I pray that the Spirit of God helps you understand what I'm saying. If you understand it, say, P.I., we are with you. I put on the chat, P.I., we are with you. We are, we are understanding, please. I need to show we are journeying together. So you then see Satan. He stood up over Israel. And then the word Satan in itself means to block or to impede. So what Paul was saying is, there is a door that is open, but Satan is blocking and impeding me. Hey, Satan is blocking and impeding me. So I need to press a little bit longer. I need to push a little bit longer. Because the one, so when the Bible says Satan stood up against Israel, it means an impediment and a blockage was raised up in the spirit realm against the destiny of Israel. That was what was happening here. So how? Is that fault? So when Satan wants to block, what does he do? He begins to provoke. He begins to provoke. There are some provocations your boss will start having with you. Calm down. It's not the time to start saying, well, I'm just kind of person. I don't take it. Hey, take it. Take it. <laughs> I pray prayers like, God, I will not lose anyone that you have given to me for my destiny work. Anyone that should have a covenant relationship with Baba. Humble my head. If my head does not know what to do, put it down so that I may complete the journey. Many times the enemy is, is trying to impede what God wants to do. Do you know the result of what happened? David could no longer be the one to build the Lord a temple. 
We say there's too much blood on his hand. Yes, from the warfare. But there was blood on his hand from the killing of the children of Israel. From the killing of the children of Israel, there was blood on his hand. So we now see in the next chapter how he had to start handing, he started doing handover notes to um, his son Solomon. Because what did happen, don't happen. Hear me, oh. May your destiny not be taken away from you. May the unique door not be closed to you. May your unique oil not seep out of your life because of your inability to recognize that it is an enemy that is doing this. Not God, not your mind, but an enemy. And you see through the Bible how the adversary rises up again. How the adversary... And it's so funny because when you look at Numbers 21, 22, it says the Lord sent an angel, the angel of the Lord rose up as an adversary against Balaam. When Balaam was going, he wanted to cause the children. Hubble says the angel of the Lord. That means, hey, and guess the Hebrew word that was used, the angel of the Lord rose up as Satan against Balaam. The Hebrew word that was used was Satan. The thing shows you to confusion. You say, Akilo de Kilo Ashele. How are we seeing the angel of the Lord and we are seeing that he rose up as Satan? Listen to me. Because there is a man, not man, there is a being that has embodied the mechanism of adversary. He has embodied the system of opposing mankind. That's why they call him Satan. But there is also a system, a process, and a governance of called Satan. There is a difference between the two. There is when demand rises up against you, but there is also a system called Satan, adversary and opposition. And sometimes the Lord can oppose a person because you have provoked the Lord. You are going to do what the Lord has not commanded you to do. And you know, I found out that many times it is connected to gain. Balaam was going, why? Because the Bible says that the kings, the king of the Moabites sent, or the Elamites also sent the, his men to um, Balaam. He says, with the reward of sorcery, with the reward of, um, what's the word used when you, are, when you are going to a prophet? He says he sent them with that reward in their hands, the reward of divination. So they came with the benefit of him entering and doing it is always connected to a benefit. Who knows what the provocation was for David? Well, if it was that the food is good for food, profitable to make you wise, be careful. Be careful. Satan always comes with the reward of divination at hand to make you to corrupt and perverse the spiritual laws of God just a little bit. You will gain. But the question is what will he lose? Sometimes the opposition of the Lord is the mercy of God. The angel that came was mercy. The Bible says when David was offering up that offering and sacrifice unto God, that the angel still stood with his sword drawn. David thought he would go to the tabernacle, but the angel stood between him and the tabernacle. Not going nowhere. Repent first before you can access the presence of God. Repent first before you can come into the next level with the Lord. Because if David had entered that tabernacle with what he had done, he would have been struck dead. So sometimes it is the mercy of God that sends us the adversary. So I need you to understand the system of adversary. The system of adversary. The system of adversary. Understand it. And, um, you know, and you need to understand what is in your hand. What is in your hand? There are so many scriptures when 
Satan arose. Satan arose. Satan arose. And sometimes you don't see the man, Satan. You see the system of adversary. The question is, what provokes the spirit realm to release the process and the structure of adversary against you? People of God, there is one thing I know that pushes the adversary away. It is when a man comes into repentance and when a man in humility of spirit decides to realign himself with the ways of God, the true, the true doctrines of God, not the one you watch somebody do on Instagram live, not the one you were hearing and say, hey, is it fire? No, the true doctrines. You go back and you understand by the book what the Lord is saying. When a man rises up to obey, to realign, to submit, in repentance, something happens. The hand of the adversary is stilled. And in the mercy of God, restoration can happen. You need to walk through this door. You need to finish this door. And so I pray for you. That in the name of the Lord Jesus, that the wisdom of God will come upon us to know what we have and who we are, to know what to contend for, and what to let go of. That God will show us the adversary structure that the enemy has set up around our life and how to break it. Because Satan studies even down to our family line and our natural giftings and the weaknesses we have shown over the years so that he uses it to stir up in time to wage war against us. May we know the adversary structure of hell against us. And may we also be able to discern when in the mercy of God, he stands as an adversary against us. May we know when to quickly return to the Lord in repentance and cry out for mercy. This day, we release out of this prayer rain platform, we release the wisdom, the revelation of the spirit for the realignment and reconstitution of the destinies of men in the name of Jesus. We release an understanding on how to return into the pathways of truth, the pathways that bet the fullness of destiny in the name of Jesus. This day, we declare that by the power of the Holy Spirit, that men are being repositioned for the purposes of God in the name of Jesus. This day, we declare that every wide door that has been flung open by the Spirit of God that is uniquely ours, we will know how to access it, how to maximize it in the name of Jesus. This day, we shut every wide open door of opportunity that hell opens to us to deceive us, to mislead us, to derail us, to remove us, doors of dissatisfaction, doors of deceit, doors of pornography, doors of fear, doors of shame, doors of depression. We break them. 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 In the name of Jesus, we are hard pressed on every side, yet we are not broken. We are constantly opposed, but we are not depressed. We are not shattered. Opposition is not a sign of brokenness. It is what you define the opposition to be and the, what you allow to enter into your life by the reason of opposition that determines the configuration of your being. You can have troubles and not be depressed. You can have problems and not be broken. You can have situations against you and retain the wholeness of your soul. So this day, God, we ask that you, by reason of your word, you will bring a wall of separation between the internal constituency of our being and the troubles that surround us 
so that from within we might observe the door of opportunity and not miss it in the name of Jesus. Give us wisdom. What are our lives and what are our heads with the revelation of your spirit? That the dry places may become a fruitful field and the fruitful fields will become forests. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we love you. For your mercies never fail us. All our days will be held in your presence. From the moment that we wake up until we lay our the heads down, we've been blessed. We've been kept in the fullness of God. Lord Jesus, we love you. For all my life, you have been faithful. And all my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love you, Lord. For your mercies never fail me. And all my days I'll be held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. And we've been held in the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the ever, everlasting flowing fountains of grace and truth. We are grateful. We are grateful for what you do in us every time we raise up to pray here on this platform. Thank you, Jesus, for restoration and reconfiguration of destinies. Let all the glory be unto you, not unto any man, not unto any system, but unto the God of the everlasting hills. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jesus, we celebrate you. We celebrate you. Wherever you are, just shout glory. Hallelujah. I bless you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise for deliverance. It is established in me, O oh God. It is established in me, O oh God. A wide open door is before me, and I have become a wide open door unto my generation. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So final instruction. Remember, as you go through your day, be repenting. You know? As the Lord brings it into your memory, repent. As the Lord tells you, repent. As the Lord, and let me tell you how to repent. You, you say, Father, I'm sorry. I'm this, but also deliver yourself. Renounce. When the Lord will tell you, ah, you have one covenant with one thing like this, and he's releasing adversary. Begin to, for some of you, the child you are seeing today that is misbehaving, is a thing you did not do in the past or a way you treated the child and you broke the child's emotional state. Something happened. The moment the Lord reveals to you, repent and then discontinue your alignment with the spirit standing over that altar to keep speaking penalty over you. Discontinue yourself from it and say, I renounce that um, the engagement I had with that spirit or with that circumstance, I renounce it in Jesus' name. I declare that I am no longer, I no longer belong to that. I no longer adhere to that culture. I renounce 
um, the, the, the perpetuality or the way I bring my brokenness into the way I raise my children. I renounce it by the blood of Jesus. And I declare that I raise my children in wholeness. I go through my process separately, but I bring the wholeness of God into the life of my kids. I bring the wholeness of God into my business. I renounce for every way I plundered my business and I did not adhere to the principles of, you know, tithing, seed time, harvest time, all of it that I was supposed to do first fruit. I renounce it in Jesus name. I repent by the blood of Jesus and I ask that let the penalty for my lack of order let it be removed from me in the name of Jesus learn to constantly do that over yourself okay and you will experience the power and the flow of God for some of you is sickness in your body you know pain migraine in your head you know on your shoulders just begin to renounce and say God I disassociate myself you know from unforgiveness from the heaviness I carry against people you know I know that I have gone through pain and my heart aches but Lord I declare that you know I do not fuel the pain in the name of Jesus and I say from today that I will speak differently I will act differently and so I, I pray for my head I pray for my spine I pray for my shoulders I say let the bodies be lifted up me go through deliverance consistently through the day remember fast 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 and fast in Jesus name so that your spirit go get sense you understand fast fasting brings sense to the spirit I don't know how else to speak that English so fast stay in the place of fasting remember break your fast with prayer don't break your fast with food. And then set prayer times, nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock. Go back and activate your fire alarms again. Go and reactivate it through this fast and fast and pray. We have come into the wide open door. We must enter. Me, I must enter. I don't know about you, but I'm going to enter. And then one other thing I want to tell you is give thanks always. The Bible says in all things, give thanks to God. So we have a culture of thanksgiving. And a culture where you think about something that is happening and just be like, oh, Father, I bless you. I thank you, Lord, because this person cheated me. I bless you, Holy Spirit, because of how this person mistreated me. I am grateful, Lord, that I have the capacity to move past this. I am thankful, Lord, because nothing happens in the life of your chosen that you do not see. Father, I thank you. Father, I bless you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. Do you understand? You enter gates with thanksgiving. So be thanking God, be thanking God. And you don't thank God for only good things. You thank God for all bad, bad things. You thank God for your enemies. You thank God for your troubles. You thank God because you were rejected. You know, I will enter his courts with praise. You thank God, you know, because, ah, you did not get, ah, Father, I bless you. Because what Thanksgiving does is that it brings perspective back. And perspective brings strategy. Sure you understand? So the moment your perspective is restored concerning the matter, you now begin to receive strategy and solution on what to do, how to navigate, how to escape. So receive a culture of thanksgiving again. And lastly, give. If you like, say, all these prayer people, after they've done this thing, they will not tell you give. Come off for church. Come off for platform. It is what it is. We were not the ones that instituted the order of the kingdom. I told you how God rebuked me yesterday when I told God, I will not say anything about anybody. God said, how selfish of you. You cannot do that. He rebuked me sternly. So here I am, humbling myself and falling behind the word of the Lord. So however you choose to evaluate it, to God be your glory. But here is what I am saying. Give, partner, when a place blesses you, bless it. It's that simple. All my brothers in the kingdom, my sisters, they know. Well, I, don't, I don't wait to be invited to speak in your church. 
I can't even come to your church and I go give the one way password if you ever give me. Anybody that blesses me, I bless. I don't even do hierarchy. I don't even do you are here, you are there. <clears throat> because I understand this foundational principle of the kingdom. Partner, partner, make it easy. If you're in South Africa, say, Pierre, as you are coming, everything is all right. All things are ready. We will take care of this. We will take care of this. Pierre, this is sorted. Make it easy for the gospel to increase and to be propagated. Make it easy for us to do what we are supposed to do. Eve, like I said, it doesn't matter how you feel. You know, your emotions do not redefine the culture of the kingdom. Your emotions have to fall behind kingdom culture. It is what it is. So I pray that as you go through the day, God will bless you. God will keep you. God will increase you. God will multiply you. You will stand firm. You will stand delivered as we meet again tomorrow at 5.30 a.m. God bless you. I love you. My name is P.I. of the Most High. And I hope to see you on the other side of this door called September in the name of Jesus. Love you. Have a wonderful day. I celebrate your victories to the glory of God. God bless you. Mwah. Bye, prayer in community. Invite your family tomorrow and your friends. Take care. Bye.